Have you, have you still got all your toenails? Yeah, of course I've got my toenails. Why cool, wouldn't I have my cool. toenails? Have you, you've not missing toenails, are you? Yeah, two. Two missing in action, mate. Somewhere in Manchester. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. Here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. This is Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Fortunately for you, my voice is still working. It's the only part of my body that is working at the moment. Everything else is on It's on shutdown. It's like factory shutdown. You know, like big factories, they have like shutdown over August, like two weeks. That's my body, especially my legs. My legs are like, they're like on vacation. I don't know when they're going to return. I have no idea after the Manchester Marathon. I am broken, man. Broken. Mm. I know. You've 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 said this. Obviously, uh you did the you did the marathon. You did it in excellent time. It wasn't your PB. You weren't going for a PB, but you did it in excellent time. But you were knackered afterwards. And where are we? We're Tuesday now. Marathon happened on Sunday. Uh, it's Tuesday now. And you're still absolutely done in. And and uh, do you know what? I'm done in as well. I did the 10k relay. Uh, I did one of the legs. I did the final leg of the 10k relay. I must say, I wasn't looking forward to it. I got tricked into it. And I had <laughs> the best time. I really did. Apart from the running. That was bloody awful. That was as bad as I thought it would be. It left me feeling tired. But overall, the weekend was really nice. Really enjoyed it um but you um but 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 since then i've been feeling stiff i've been feeling done in i've been feeling tired and whenever i grunt or groan or walk down the stairs and it hurts my ass i've just thought to myself jake and marty his other half who you did the marathon together you must be feeling four times as bad because you did four times the distance surely well, that's that's an interesting calculation and you 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 possibly could be right there but obviously it's all about tolerance levels and shocking the body and when you're not used to these things and and also not just a case of not being used to it so in your case it was the first time you did did the 10k right so other people listen to this maybe they were in manchester as well doing the marathon or the relay obviously the relay you could do either 10k or you could do a half marathon but if it's new then it's obviously a, a naturally a shock to the body but even if it's not if you experience with these distances the fact that it's a race and you're pushing yourself that's going to shock the body. So you, you're always going to feel... I guess you're always going to feel like a bag of crap afterwards. Sorry, Pete, it's not going to get better. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. <laughs> if you've never done a race, and maybe you've just started running, and, and you think, oh, I might quite, you know, do races, yeah, yeah, and then you listen to us and you think, sod that, no way, how am I doing a race? It's not all bad. It is an incredible experience. And I just, I am, it's just weird because you know how your body goes through the emotional kind of, it goes, your body goes through highs and lows in the event. Like, you, oh, I feel all right this moment. And then you're like, oh, God, no, I don't. I feel absolutely horrific. And it's like, oh, oh, no, I'm coming out the other side. I'm okay again. And your emotions do that as well, psychologically. And I think after the race, particularly after the weekend, like, you know, the classic post-marathon blues, you get post-race blues. It doesn't just have to be a marathon. But if it's a really big thing that you've built yourself up to do, then it happens and there's like a come down period. It's like, and it happens really quickly. And you said this on Monday, actually. Obviously, we're recording this Tuesday, as you mentioned. We we spoke yesterday very briefly, and you you said yourself, you just felt you were like, yeah, man, I just feel a bit weird. I feel, I don't know, just a bit. 
You know, I, I was trying to work this out, and I was working out whether or not I felt lost because um, what I've had is I've had obviously a training plan uh, to go through, and um, for, for for you know the last several few weeks or months or however long it's been, and then all of a sudden uh, I've done what I set out to do, and um, that's over and done with, and I'm in, I'm a bit uncomfortable because of that. Um, I'm uncomfortable going downstairs particularly. Um, I don't know if there's a problem with my bottom or if all runners' bottoms are like this. I really don't know. Um, but I, I just... Uh, and then there was all of that. Uh, and, and obviously we had quite a few beers as well on the Sunday night. And I was like, is that adding into it? Or is it just the fact that I've actually got nothing to look forward to running-wise at all? And I always said, because I've always said I'm a non-running guy and I don't... I'm not do, Of course I'm not going to do anything else. This is stupid. This is stupid. But I'm actually thinking to myself, actually, I think I'll, I've got some time on Thursday. I'll probably go out for a run on Thursday because I think it's going to help, uh, help <laughs> make me feel better. It's weird. I've always listened to you marathon people and thought, oh, God, surely it's got to be great when it's over and done with. But, yeah, well, it's like, what did you do next? What did you do next, man? It's a really weird place to be because you've hit the nail on the head there. What do you do next? You feel a bit lost, this thing that you've been building up to, and it's given you structure in your week as well, hasn't it? Whether you've loved it, hated it, felt indifferent, had good sessions, bad sessions, missed some sessions, you know, whatever, the highs and lows and all that sort of stuff. You've had, it's, it's been an integral part of your week. Yeah, structure and routine, suddenly, absolutely right. Yeah. We all need yeah. structure and routine, don't we, as human beings? And I think once that's gone, or a large part of that has been taken away, and especially when it's for you, does that make sense? It's not work. It's not like structure mm. this work. It's something that's for you to get you feeling better. That's You've right. You've no longer got that for a potentially short, hopefully for a short period of time. It's like, well, what do you do then? So it does feel a bit odd. And I have so many thoughts on this. And by the way, listening to this now, we thought we'd, we'd obviously tackle uh, the Manchester Marathon, kind of reflect on that race. And don't worry, it's not like, you know, it could be worse. We could be, uh, I could be describing my holiday photos to you. I'm not doing that. But we are <laughs> going to talk about our experience in the Manchester Marathon weekend because I think it's really relevant. And, and as we always try to do with our guests and when we, uh, uh, as we always try to do on the show, we like to try to make it relevant and, and help help you. So relevant to what your goals are, what you might be working towards, th- those natural emotions that you go through and the things that you might struggle with with, with your running. Because it is a journey. I know that's a phrase and a word that's used a lot to describe running, but it really is. And it was weird at the weekend because I, and I distinctly remember, I mean, look, it was only a couple of days ago, right? So I distinctly remember that at mile, it was, a, it was about mile 23, mile 23, mile 24, and I said to myself, I said, I'm, I'm the classic. I'm, I'm having a break from marathons. Like I'm just, I just need a break from marathons. I'm, I, you know, that's it. Honestly, and I genuinely meant it as well. I mean, we joke because lots of people talk, say this, and especially with marathons, like, oh, I'm never doing this again, you know. And then a couple of days later, they're like, mm, maybe. I mean, it was like almost the moment I'd crossed the line and come round. I thought, no, that's it. I'm, you know, when's the next one? What, what am I going to do next? Because I, it's almost, it is addictive. And Martina and I were saying this yesterday, and she said to me, she said, make no mistake about it, Pete, Pete might joke and, and stuff and non-running guy, and obviously we were in the uh, we're in Las Iguanas with the performance community, my runners, and we were having drinks and food and fajitas and whatnot. It was great. And you would love that, and you said, oh, this is great the whole weekend, but oh, running, I'm not so sure about the running bit, take out the running bit. And Martina said, I think Pete actually enjoyed the running bit. Don't believe him. I think he <laughs> sneakily enjoyed being part... <laughs> of that relay and covering those miles in Manchester don't lie 
Cheeky Peter, I think you did. Actually, if, I, if I'm I being honest with you, I really enjoyed the the relay team, and uh, you know, big shout out to the guys who um, I, I know they listen to the podcast. Uh, Becky for organising us, uh, Liz for coming along, and and just just being an absolute star, and Rob for being like you know a, a, <laughs> our first runner out of the gate, and like really quick to the point where he intimidated everybody else. But what a lovely guy! What a genuinely lovely guy! So I think it was the team effort, if I'm honest, um, and it was just being part of that team. It was a camaraderie, for want of a, a better word, uh, and it was just having a bit of a laugh, really, with the with the guys, um, and and all pushing to the same goal or to something. And I, I don't know if I'd enjoy it. Well, no, I know I wouldn't enjoy it as much if it was just me doing the run. I I hear this a lot from people I mean some people that come on board and have a bit of coaching and stuff maybe they're not part of a, a running club or they don't have they're not within huge circles they're not in huge circles of kind of runners you know within the running com- community actually having a bit of a, a cheerleader or having people around you that you can go through those emotions and those experiences with and they really care and they support and you, you want to celebrate with people don't you at all things in life you know because actually if it's just you there with a with a you know a party streamer and a hat it's not that exciting is it you want to be around other people and soak it up and listen to their stories and you want them to listen to your story so that is naturally a big part of it and i've always 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 said this pete that for me definitely like with marathons it's about the occasion so it's about the whole weekend it's not just about those 26.2 miles it really isn't and i think a lot of people can relate to that because you've only got to take the weekend as an example we were speaking to people on the tram that you know the metro link around the city and people would never spoken to before i mean obviously it's really easy to spot people that are doing the race and, and and you can pretty much pick anybody in a in a big city marathon over that weekend and they're either doing the race or spectating you know people know about it so it's really easy to start getting engaged in conversation and i think i don't know about you but out of off the back of the pandemic and all that sort of stuff that we've been through for the past few years, it, it almost adds even more weight. There, there was a greater sort of, I don't know, sense of, I suppose, unity, community, just being able to talk to all the human beings and sh- about that shared interest and that passion, you know, just pull down the mask for a second when you're outdoors and chatting away. It was great, you know, and I think that just makes everything bigger. So then those those following days afterwards, there is a come down. But of course, it is connected physically, like we said. It's important to be aware of that because naturally you are taking quite a lot out of the body, especially if it's a really long distance like a marathon and especially if you race it. So there's two significant things there. I think when you're thinking about the recovery time of a race, how far have you raced? So how long was a race? And what were the conditions to a degree? But certainly, how hard did you work? Did you give it 80%? Did you give it 100%? You know, did you leave it all out there on the road? And then it's worth thinking about, well, how quickly do you recover? You know, do, do you, are you somebody that bounces back pretty quickly? Or are you somebody that actually needs a little bit more time and you've got to be a little bit more careful? And that's difficult because, you know, when you have got that chomping at the bit to kind of get going again. So as I've often said on the show, if you have a good experience in a race, it's really easy to want more of that. So it can cause you to knee-jerk reaction, sign up for something too quick or maybe return to running too quickly when really you need a bit of a breather and need a bit of a break. Or if you're not really happy with what you've achieved, you want to you want to sort of make amends as it were in your mind not that it was a waste of time but you, you want to go no I'm faster than that I can do better than that and I'm, I'm going to prove it to myself and to people that know me and and right I'm going to get back out there so you have to just navigate I think really carefully and interestingly I've just come back uh from London on the train today and on the train I just I thought right while it's fresh in my mind 
I'm just going to reflect on Manchester and just make a few notes on my own race, right? So naturally, my runners will document their feedback as I always ask them to do. And now I, I, I explore ways of improving them. And I sort of did that myself. And it's really interesting if you just take the time to look back. And like, I found myself, I wasn't second my guessing myself. I was just going with it. It was like, just dump all this stuff out there like a brain dump. There's so many little areas that I think I could work on to improve in the next race. So some of the things without sort of boring you too much with everything, better fueling in the race. So I'll tell you why I say that. I mean, we spoke about this anyway, Pete, but for for people that perhaps don't know, if you follow me on socials, you might know this, but I ran with Martina. So our goal was to run either... Well, ideally, we wanted to run between three hours, five minutes and three hours, ten minutes. Now, this is quite interesting, actually. It's worth, if you are targeting a race and you're focused on pace and time, just make sure that you calculate the pace that you want to hit based on a slightly longer distance than the actual race. That's even more important the longer the race. So, marathon, 26.2 miles. We did not calculate our target based on the pace that we want to run for 26.2 miles because we're never going to run that. We're always going to run further, and we did. We ran over, I think it was over 26.4, which although it's not much over, it's enough to hinder your time. So you've got to be mindful of that. So we wanted to target between 3.05 and 3.10. We ran the whole of it together right up to mile 25, and then I started to struggle. We were both struggling from really classic mile 21, 22, starting to slow down a little bit, kept pushing, kept going together, motivate, motivating each other. And then I just felt like I'm, I'm slowing down here and I felt like I needed to walk a little bit. And I said to Martin, look, just keep going. And she was like, oh, are you sure, are you sure? I said, look, just because we really wanted to get her under 310 because for her, that's a, a PB. So that's, and she really wanted to get, go under that. Whereas we were never, I was never targeting, targeting a PVB, a PB. So she carried on. I got to a water station, stopped and walked for a little bit, just needed that breather. But the problem in hindsight, in reflection was fueling. So I normally take five energy gels during a race and I only took four and I had five with me, but the fifth one I didn't take. And it was a stupid, stupid mistake. I, I, you know, afterwards I was kicking myself because I basically went at the pace I was running at about an hour without taking any fuel on board. And, and at some point you just run out of carbohydrates. You just, you know, and that's where you start to hit the wall. Now I didn't smash into the wall. I wasn't crawling, but I felt the best way I can describe it. And if you've ran a marathon and you've hit the wall, you'll know what this feels like. I felt like I was running on fumes. And the reason you feel like that is because you've run out of carbohydrate stores, glycogen effectively, which is your body's preferred method of, of fueling of energy and it's faster to use those carbohydrates for fuel my body was then having to rely on fat stores which it's not very good at using and it's slow so therefore that affects your pace you start to slow down it was just a horrible feeling and i could see martina disappearing off into the distance i mean she only finished 33 seconds ahead of me but i know that if i'd have had that final gel as i planned on having i would have been able to keep that energy to drive to the line with her and get that you know the finishers photo and all that so but look you live and learn and marathons they're brutal they're beautiful they're challenging but every every one every single one you learn from yeah now what was that thinking about not taking the final gel because you you normally do it every half hour but you just went i'm not going to do it i'm okay what 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 part of you went i'm okay so there's a little bit of rhyme and reason behind this but it was more down to just not stupidity but i made a mistake i just thought oh i don't need it and, and actually i did need it and 
and and you know when you're running and you're pushing in a race whatever pace you're going at you if you're pushing and working hard you're having to sort of make these calculations in your in 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 your head on the fly you know you pass a mile marker you might pass mile 12 in a in a marathon and you're looking at your watch and you're, you're trying to work out you know the time and calculations and when do i have my next gel and, and all that's going off and of course it's much easier in the early stages of a race whereas when you get into the latter stages you, you know you're really tired and you're not thinking as well and that's what happened to me the reason i say there is a bit of sort of rhyme and reason and logic behind it is because i struggle with toilet issues and i have done for really throughout all, all of running like there's since I started running, I've had issues where I've had to stop to go to the toilet, sometimes in a uh, training, which is obviously not such a problem. But in races, it can really hinder you to the point where I think that's why I don't actually sign up for that many races. Like, I haven't actually done that many races, I suppose, given how many years I've been running. And I think the main reason is that reason, because I'm just like, oh, God, but if I need to stop for the toilet, it's, oh, it's just not worth it. I'm as well just going to do my own training session. And I can start the session when I'm ready to start the session. Does that make sense? So it was in my mind a bit, right? I see. So that that whole toilet, mm. that whole toilet thing, really does hinder you from um, from a mental hugely, perspective, I suppose. Hugely. Really, and, and and I have a couple of runners um, that that experience similar things, and and I have worked with many people over the years that experience similar things. You know, runners' trots is something that you know a lot of runners suffer from. Hence the term runners' trots. And you know, you just you don't want to be stopping to go to the toilet really in a race if you're aiming to push it and achieve times. I mean, if you're not. It doesn't matter because there's toilets on course. You just stop and use toilets. So for me, it has got in my head over the years because the more you're plagued with something, if you like, whatever that something is, so it could be an, Ach- an old Achilles injury, you might not have had it for like ages, several months, even longer. But because it stopped you so many times previously, it can be in your head. And it's almost like you've got it, even though you haven't. Does that make sense? So, you, you, you know, and it can take some of the enjoyment out of the whole thing. So it's definitely in my head, but it's also a, a, a physical thing. It does happen for me. Uh, and I'm really mindful of that going into things like marathons. I try to get my prep right. Uh, I think I said on, on an episode of the show recently that I try to shift my timings of eating and stuff to try and shift sort of the Tommy's a toilet and just to feel good and, and all that sort of stuff. And it... it it worked really well. I've got to say, I had no issues. It was great. And I was I was concerned with two things going into Manchester this year. Uh, stopping for the toilet, being one of them, which didn't happen, which was great. And the second thing is hamstring cramp, which stopped me at mile 24 last year. So I was really mindful of that. And uh, I obviously had a sweat test, which I'll, uh, I'll mention more about that in a moment with the guys at Precision Fuel and Hydration, who were awesome. They put me through a sweat test and I used their products to fuel me in the race. And it, ju- it was great. It was really, really helpful. And hydration can be a factor, and rather lack of poor hydration can be a factor when it comes to cramps. So I really managed to kind of tighten that up and I was really happy. So the reason, going back to the point, I didn't take the gel on because I think it was just in my head as well. And I know when you get to the end of the marathon that, you know, your blood is, your body's just doing everything it can to keep your legs moving, that your gut doesn't function as well as it did at mile one of course when you're at mile 20 20 or whatever it might be so and i just thought oh, i think i'll be all right I'll, I'll, i won't take it and i didn't take it and it, it was stupid it was stupid so but you live and learn and i actually i put that note on the train and then it was like right i'm gonna underscore that highlight it you know block capital letters got to learn from that moving forward really really important so obviously you mentioned that you set your routine you've tried to change your routine to fit in with it so that you don't need the toilet during the during the actual race 
Um, is uh, and we've also addressed that a lot of it is um, a mental block, really, because of and and you know there's nothing wrong with that because you base your future thoughts and your thoughts about what's currently happening on the past and we've all you know and and, and we all do that. But how do you how did how have you, how have you kind of reworked that routine? What have you done with that? And how are you gonna? change things moving forward because you've written something down, you've underlined it, but what are you going to do to action it? When you've got something that's an issue with training, so it's something you need to work on with training and racing and you can't quite get to the bottom of it. So you know what the problem is? There's a problem, right? So the problem in this case is using the toilet. Okay, cool. So that's fine. That's what's stopping you. What's actually going on? Like, what's the cause? What's the root cause? And sometimes it's easy to answer. Sometimes it's not. And if it's not, you've then got to start to be a little bit pragmatic, logical. You've got to kind of stay, take a step back and, and look at the bigger picture and sort of look at everything that... Take the blinkers off. So look at the your whole life, as it were, not necessarily just the running and the training, because that's easy to do. And I know we're talking about toilet stuff here, but it could be other things. For example, if you've got a bit of a niggle or an injury that's that, that constantly keeps coming back and you keep thinking about your training sessions all the time and maybe you think about your running technique or maybe you think if you warm up properly, but actually it may be just the fact that you sat so long at the desk and you don't get up in the day. So you've got to look at different things, right? And once you think, okay, this is how I work anyway, right? So then I make a list of possible causes, but then I need to test the changes. So I've got to look at, well, how do I change that? And and I've got to test it. And then I've got to start to formulate a picture in my mind, right? Do the, did, they cha- did those changes work? Yes, they did. No, they didn't. And you sort of go from there. Once you've found the solution, and obviously the aim is to then replicate that as often as possible. So in the case of fueling in a marathon, the, the fix for this specific problem of what I experienced on in Manchester, I, I didn't take the fifth gel. It's a really easy fix. Take the fifth gel. Because there's nothing saying, because I have done previously, by the way, there's nothing saying that w- it would have caused me any issues if I'd have had that gel. There's no proof of that. I actually had zero symptoms over the weekend. There was nothing hindered me. You know, I ran three hours, nine minutes. I didn't run three hours, eight minutes because I didn't, I didn't take that gel. I'm convinced of that. I didn't run three hours. I didn't run three hours, seven minutes because I didn't have the fitness on that day. Does that make sense? So I, I did everything I could do. I did everything I could do. So you take the gel with about, oh, crikey, where would we have been? About 30 minutes before the end, wouldn't it? It would have been about yes, 30 minutes. Yes, you're right. Minutes. So I had a gel. So the final gel that you didn't take, you would have been taking about, what, two hours 40 in? Bang on. So I was. I took my first gel at 40 yeah. minutes into the race, okay? I then took my... And then from that point onwards, so 40 minutes into the race, I then had a gel every 30 minutes. And I advise that people do the same. And by right. that, I mean work on time rather than distance. Some people work on distance and that's fine. But I think time, as I always say, is time is time. You can't change it. It's really easy to go, right, every 20 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever. So the last gel I took was at two hours and 10 minutes. My finish time was three hours and nine minutes and 25 seconds. So I didn't have a gel. So if you'd have taken that one. I ran an hour without taking any any other carbs on board, is what I'm saying. Sure. Now... If you'd have taken that one at 2.40, you'll have to excuse me because I don't know about gels because I'm a non-running guy, Jake. <laughs> How long would it take for your body to feel that, to, for it to sink in and for that gel to do what that gel does? That, from a non-running guy, 
or from a running guy is a fantastic question. So I asked this question to the guys at Precision Fuel and Hydration when I had the sweat test. So Andy and, and Emily, Emily who looked after us, who was awesome by the way, and she put a fueling and a hydration strategy in, in place for us um, and she's doing a case study on us and she's not going to be very happy because, well, when she hears I didn't take a final job, <laughs> she won't be very happy. But basically, you, you're looking at you're looking at ten to twenty minutes to start to get some some benefit from it, right? Now, obviously, we know sure. things can't not everything can be an exact science, so there's individual metabolisms come into it and all that sort of stuff. But if we can assume, look, you take a gel, you're looking at around ten to 20, 10 to twenty minutes to get the benefit from it, right? So here's the interesting thing: you don't necessarily because people don't always want to take gels. And, oh, I'm sick of gel. You know, Martina said this. At the end of a race, you may not necessarily need a whole gel, but you might just need half. So in my case, that could have been a good option for me because if I'd have just had half a gel, that might have just been enough to give me that extra kick that I needed. Because we're talking here, if I carried on with that format, so 40 minutes for the first one, then every 30 minutes, so two hours and 10 minutes was the last gel, The final gel, in theory, I should have taken at two hours and 40. I finished at three hours, nine. So let's say 30 minutes. So I would have taken the gel and had 30 minutes. Let's say the top end of that window was when I would have digested it and been able to get the benefits. So 20 minutes after taking the gel, does that make sense? So I take the last gel, 30 minutes before the end. Three hours. I'm only getting the benefit for the last 10 minutes, in theory. Well, that is more than enough for me because the difference in this example of Sunday would just have it would have been enough because we're talking like 33 seconds is where Martina finished and I didn't take the gel and I just that's what it felt like I felt like I was running on fumes you know it it was almost back to the early days of running marathons where I wasn't as up on fueling so I I naturally got it a little bit wrong um through lack of experience it was a bit like that that's what it felt like but not not you know, not for a lot, a long period of time, but just enough to just hinder those last few seconds and minutes at the end. Do you know, we talk a lot about on the show over the years, and because I've started a little bit of running, although I'm still a non-running guy, um, mm. sort of old conversations come back to to hit me, and I go, "All oh, right, yeah, that's starting to make sense now." Because at the time, it didn't really, because I couldn't relate it to anything. Um, but we talk about running. Um, for for lengths of time we talk about running distances we talk about doing things um on feel as well um but obviously when it comes to gels i guess it's quite a scientific thing you've just said there that you suggest that people take gels based on time rather than distance but i guess i guess and correct me if i'm wrong because of that 10 20 minutes before you feel the benefit in your body you shouldn't ever take gels based on feel. Absolutely that. Absolutely that. Because you're taking the gel not because you've been given the signals, the hunger pangs, because you've missed the moment there. It, it's it's a little bit different with, from my understanding, hydration, because, you know, there's lots of different theories around hydration, and we've had the guys on uh, quite a lot, a couple of times, from um, Precision Fuel and Hydration, and, and, and they said themselves as well, you know, certain things you can do such as monitoring how you feel, trusting how you feel a little bit is, is actually important, but don't let it get too far away from you. You know, you don't want to be dying of thirst, but if you start to feel a little bit, you know, dry mouth and things, you know, you just, you start to just be aware of these symptoms. You want to catch it early effectively. Whereas with fueling, I think it's far better 
to provide the body with energy before it needs it. And, and also, there's a lot of research to suggest and kind of people's thinking around that, experts thinking around that, is because your body, as I mentioned earlier, it performs naturally better. So your body systems function better when it's not under stress, of course, if you sit on the sofa. But at mile one of a race, it's going to function a lot better than it is like in the latter mile. So therefore, let's get that uh, fuel in the system now. Your body's going to be able to process it, digest it better, ready for when you need it later on so you're not fueling for the moment you're fueling for the later miles and it's a hard thing to sort of get your head around and let's face it who fancies a gel in a marathon i mean come on i don't think anybody actually fancies one you know but you have it because you know you should have it it doesn't have to be gels by the way it doesn't have to be gels there's a, a a friend of mine who also ran manchester marathon she did amazing really really ace time we, we spoke a little bit about fueling she has some um, energy strips right so it's not like a gel so she has gels and then the last thing that she takes when she gets sick of gels is an energy strip but it didn't really work in manchester for her because she popped it in her mouth but it just kind of stuck to the roof of her mouth so she couldn't really get any energy from it she was just trying to lick the roof of her mouth for the last sort of three miles as this strip was like braced into the upper part of the mouth so you don't necessarily have to take gels you can find something that works for you but obviously they're just convenient they're just easy and convenient i don't mean to be funny i've heard people say they get sick of gels now the guys at precision fuel and hydration did send me some gels as well and i don't mind them at all i i find them really quite pleasurable now i don't use them to fuel running because i don't go far enough but i just thought i tasted it and i thought this is going to be grotesque because you runners talk about how they're hard to stomach sometimes and I went, actually, that's really nice. I'd have that as a pudding pretty much any day of the week, really, <laughs> if I'm honest. But, you know, you talk, about, you talk about getting bored with the taste or getting bored with having gels and then you move on to something else and you can mix it up a little bit. I don't mean to be funny, right, but your legs are going left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right for 26.2 miles. That is boring, right? <laughs> and the taste of a gel that you take in every half hour. How could you possibly get bored with that? Because it's gone in 30 seconds. I don't get the mentality. That's why I'm a non-runner, you see. That's why it is. You're a non-running guy, and you're also not a fussy eater in the slightest. <laughs> I'm not, no, clearly. no. And we have, we have photographic evidence of that, actually. It's a shame this isn't a video podcast. We have photographic evidence of that from our little uh, evening in uh, Las Iguanas, uh, somewhere in the heart of Manchester, after after the marathon. You, you pretty much had everything Yeah, I'll take... I, 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 look, why not? I'll take everything not, from the menu. And I'll tell you what, the other thing as well, and you're talking about when people take on fuel, and, you know, you have yourself a... a real sort of idea of what you're going to do and uh, um, you have a good plan in place and uh, I've got to say that one of the things I loved the most about um, being part of the whole marathon experience when it came to the running is um, the people stood by the side of the road giving out snacks I was like, I am taking everything. Yes, of course I want some jelly babies. Yes, of course I want... Oh, you, oh, oh, you've, oh you've, you've got Malwams. Of course I'm having those. Of course, <laughs> but nobody around me was taking the stuff. And I'm going, Why? what's wrong with you? These people are giving away free jelly babies. Why is nobody taking that stuff? So I guess the guys at like the front of the marathon, I guess like the guys who you're running with, well, you know, I was running back, I think I think as a team we finished just under five hours, four hours, something. Was it? I can't, I can't even remember. Four hours, 40-odd, something like that. Um, but when you're running alongside people who are finishing between three and three and a half hours, I guess nobody's taking the jelly babies. 
Well, they do say there's more crack at the back. That's what they say, and there are. It's it. There is some truth in that because you know when you 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 kind of if people are really serious with achieving times and really pushing themselves, that they're, they're quite focused. Mm. So in the classic thing is you, you know oh you did this great marathon the Berlin or New York or whatever did you see this did you see that landmark did you see the other and people are like, no I didn't see anything I was just so focused on what I'm doing even though it is effectively just left right left right with the with the feet as you <laughs> say you're so kind of trying to harness all the energy you've got and focus to keep yourself going and there's so many calculations going off in your mind I mean on Sunday it didn't start to drag until those last few miles like I'm not saying I found the whole marathon easy because I don't think you ever find a marathon easy if you're pushing but it just seemed to go like insanely quickly I set the watch up so it was bleeping every mile so I'd get a little alert and I'd just kind of glance down at the watch to see what the pace was but it was it was weird because the watch would bleep and I think God, already we've done a mile another mile has gone I can't believe it and then obviously as you start to find it hard it kind of that whole thing slows down your perception of time but it's just weird it is weird when you you kind of really pushing yourself so I don't think there's going to be many people that are really really racing that are probably like taking lots of goodies from them. <laughs> I don't know maybe they do maybe they do yeah. we're high fiving kids we still do yeah, that yeah good you know, good people still that's do good, that. that's good I, I yeah, that's thought. Good that's you know, I thought the atmosphere was brilliant, and I don't, I don't like to, I, I just, I don't generally like people, but I, I enjoyed being around lots of people, lots of people all doing the same thing, all being in the same boat, all going, yeah, I'm going to do this. However, we're doing it, however quick, whoever is, it doesn't matter. You're running around people who are, uh, to some extent, the same kind of speed as you are. You overtake people, they overtake you. You, you know, you're all running around about the same, and you're doing the same thing, and that's brilliant. And the support, I got to say, that was stunning as well. I was, I had a really good time. You know, there were times during that 10k I was really enjoying myself. And the thing that annoys me, right, is the. <laughs> is the post um, photos that I got a link to today, I look at them and I look utterly pissed off the whole way round. <laughs> There's about 10 photos of me and I just look pissed. I'm like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate... But I wasn't, I was having a good time. Do I really look like that when I'm having a good time? It's ridiculous. However, what I then did, Jake, is I searched for your photos and I searched for Marty's photos. It's like you spot the camera and you show it your teeth and you just have a good old smile. <laughs> Every time. You don't even look like you're being tested. You just look like you're having a good time. How do you do that? You've, you've got to spot the camera, guys. That's very important. Spot the camera, people, and then just hold it together. Through gritted teeth, just hold it together. Give it a thumbs up. There are there are some runners that cross the finish line and give it a little jump. They give it a little, you know, little star jump. I'm, n- I'm not going to try that. that. I just know I'm going to pull a hammy. Something's going to go twang. I've never tried that. I'm not going to start. I'm getting older. It's just not worth the risk, man. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to hey, do it. It was fun. It was fun, and it was great. It was great to be part of. I must admit, even though the photos don't look like I'm having a good time at all. You know, I think it's massively important, actually, that people really reflect when they are reflecting on their race and and really have it in mind that it takes time to build on fitness and to make improvements. Like, time is time, right? So you can't... You, you, you can shortcut to a degree or you can fast track is probably a better phrase to use. So you can try try and really sharpen up your training. You can get good sleep, really focus on your nutrition, have regular massage, you know, all those things that are going to help your training and performance. Great. But actually time is time and that's what it is. And we speak to, you know, some really high level coaches and athletes on the on the podcast and, and they just have like this long plan, this long game plan of maybe three, four, five years in some cases. And I honestly strongly believe that it's so helpful 
for so many of us to really have that kind of long vision. Now, you, you might not know the micro detail. You might not know exactly where you want to go in the future. But having a bit of an idea, and things may tweak and change, and that's fine. But just having a bit of idea of how it, a bit of an idea of how it might look and like fit together and how that roadmap w- might work for you is so good. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I think that really helps is because it keeps you on track and gives you that momentum and consistency, which we know is so important. So you can only make so much fitness, development with fitness, right? And a great example of this and patience and consistency and momentum is Simon, who you saw at the weekend. Local to you, he's a Michelover guy, Derby. And honestly, I mean, we've been working together for a number of years now and he's just gone from strength to strength. And he ran three hours and 31 minutes at the weekend. Wow, wow. He is super proud of himself and so he should be and it's not about the time as i always say that meaning the time is almost irrelevant apart from to simon because it's his target it's his time that he wants to achieve and he did it which was just awesome we were speaking after the race obviously and he he thinks that one of the things that really helped him was manchester last year as a stepping stone in October, he kept the momentum. He didn't let the training drop off. He had some downtime, of course. You know, it's important, let the body recover, and he built back up slowly. But he maintained quite a lot of fitness from that race, and all he did was use that as a platform to build on, which led him to the race on Sunday, 2022, Manchester. And that's why that time worked for him, that performance. Everything came to fruition, all the hard work and, and fitness. So you've got to play the long game. It's definitely not an overnight thing. You know, remember, and it's not just marathons, we talk a lot about that, but half marathons, it's putting training cycle over training cycle over training cycle. And eventually you just layer and layer and layer and you that fitness gets thicker effectively and you just get stronger and you learn more. All the things that we've spoken about here, you know, we're talking about some of the personal changes I will make, we talk about energy gels and things and mistakes I've made in the past. All those sort of learnings you can take from races, you can adjust them and they can help you in the future. So just stay patient, stay consistent. I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've only done the one event. I'm not a fit guy at all, um, but I'm a lot fitter now than I was six months ago uh, before I picked it up. And um, I, I, I had a good time on uh, at, um, at the marathon and as I was driving home I was thinking oh do you know where I can't run for a few days at least um, and I've always said that I'm not going to run again once I've done it but I am going to run again of course I'm going to run again and one of the reasons is I don't want to end up as unfit as I was a few months ago do you know what I mean? So it makes sense. I'm not consciously being a running guy. I'm not consciously layering on fitness. But for me, to go back to point one that I was at previously, I don't want to be there again. And what a great reason to keep running. You know, we talk about events, but actually that wellness, that physical and mental health and wellness, so, so important. I, I won't deny that I did wonder afterwards and, and knowing that you had a, an amazing weekend, as, as we said, and it was amazing. It was just ace to have you there, you know, as a good friend of mine. I, it was brilliant to see you there. I did wonder, I wonder, 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 wonder if one day we can get Pete to do the full marathon. I did. It did enter my head. And I, I, I know, I know when you laugh, I know, I get it. But I realise now, I realise now that that's yes. never going to happen. And the reason I know it's never going to happen, I, I, I don't usually say, you know, never say never is, I don't usually say never. But is this some kind of reverse psychology thing that you're throwing in here? I don't know what you're doing here. But I know that you're never, ever going to do a marathon. I thought you might do one in your life, but the reason you're not going to do a marathon 
is because you already have the marathon medal. I, I mean, I don't even know how you did that. <laughs> All the, the other members of the relay team have the marathon relay medal. You have the marathon medal. I I, I'm confused. I don't know how you did that. Do you know... <laughs> You're a I don't fraud. understand this jealousy thing that's going on. There's a jealousy <laughs> thing going on because at each leg of the relay, the, the relay get, leg ends and then you get your um, you get your swag bag with your stuff in it. And um, Because my relay <laughs> leg ended at the end, so I was the last runner and I went through the finish line, they just handed me a, a proper medal. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that the, the relay medal isn't a proper medal, but I do feel a little bit like... I mean, first of all, it's flipping heavy, so I'm never going to wear it. But I do feel a little bit of a fraud. I don't know if the other members of the team, all of whom were quicker than me, by the way, um, I don't know if maybe we could do some kind of um, some kind of a thing where we share it. I don't know. Maybe I should pass this on to the next person. Um, I don't know. Or maybe, or maybe, and maybe we should keep the team together and do three more so that we all get that finished medal. I don't know. I don't know. I think you were just a bit delirious at the end of the race, to be honest. You, you, you picked up the wrong medal. You've got a marathon medal and you picked up a kid's T-shirt. I mean, I don't... I just... I don't, I, not, <laughs> mate, that's not a kid's T-shirt. It's just that my body's rather too large for it. That's It's a medium. I go, what kind of a medium is that? <laughs> what I found really funny about you picking up the wrong size T-shirt was when we were in the race village afterwards, you started to put it on. You were about halfway in, and then you realised that this is this is never going to fit, but you were, you, you were in too deep. Yeah. You just had to style it out and just squeeze into it as best you could. There was no, there was no U-turn going gonna to happen there. You ever put an item of clothing on and, and you've been thinking to yourself while you're putting it on, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get out of this. <laughs> I have no clue. Well, Pete, it was awesome to have you there. If you were <laughs> in Manchester at the weekend as well, we did see some former podcast guests as well were there. There was Holly, there was Jez, the Stormtrooper runner, uh, there was Kate Carter there, the world's fastest panda marathoner. It was just just an epic, epic weekend. So I hope you, I hope it was everything that you wanted. If you weren't in Manchester and you have your own races coming up, then come on, let's go. This is your weekly dose of running motivation and our job is to fire you the hell up. 